0: to the podcast where we explain people. And I really want to thank you for taking time today to listen in and learn a little more about your fellow humans in all their shapes and colors. Aren't we interesting? We, we really are. And I'm Master Coach Kim Giles, and I have Sarah Henderson with me in the studio
1: today. And I'm happy, Sarah, that you're here for this episode helping me. Hi, Kim. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And on today's show, we're going to introduce a little different way to understand your fellow humans and other people. Because what I've learned in the 12 Shapes program and from you is that there are literally only two types of people in the world. And when you get this, when you get what Coach Kim is going to explain on this show, it's going to blow your mind and change the way you look at all of your relationships.
0: Thanks, Sarah. I I do think it's a game changer learning about people this way and that for me the magic of it what we're going to talk about today is that it does make understanding yourself and other people so simple that you can really use it and it becomes part of how you see people all all day every day I know it has for you because I I know you're talking about it all the time
1: <laughs> yes absolutely and I think it needs to be simple otherwise I think people feel a little bit overwhelmed about it and it gets too complicated and they just kind of brush it aside. I think simple, simplicity is good. It is good. So we're, today, we're gonna say that there's only two
0: types of people in the world. And you, I hear that kind of thing all the time. There's only two types of people in the world. Mayonnaise people and miracle whip people, or <laughs> Pepsi people, right? Sure. So this is a little deeper than that. And in, in our last show, we talked a little bit about what I call the two core fears. And they are basically the fear of failure, the fear that you're not good enough, and the fear of loss, which is really the fear that your life's not gonna be good enough. And every human on the planet does battle with both of them to some degree every day. Every day we have moments of insecurity where we're afraid we're not good enough. And every day we stress and have anxiety over things in our life we're worried about or that might happen or ways that we feel taken from,
1: right? Right. So we, I can't wait to hear about this. So I we all have both. Yes. But
0: sure. each have more of one than the other.
1: Okay. Both. So I'm excited for you to explain what each of these are because I can definitely recognize fear in my own life. And sometimes it definitely pops up as anxiety or just kind of that I'm a little bit scared about what might be happening to me right now. And for me, once I started recognizing these thoughts as fear thoughts, I, it was something new. It was a new concept to me. But then I could decide to change them. I didn't just have to live with living in fear. I could look at them and examine them. So, so I'm very excited for you to explain these two types of fear to us.
0: Okay. So the two types of people are fear of failure-dominant people and fear of loss-dominant people. So we're going to start with fear of failure because that's what I am. I'm of fear-failure-dominant So I'll explain what that looks like. And and I want our listeners to just kind of sit back and take it in and see if you can tell which one of these is more like you. Okay. So fear of failure, dominant people have a really deep down fear of being inadequate and not being loved or wanted. And basically being afraid that they just aren't enough, aren't good enough. They tend to be people pleasers. Like we really want people to like us. So we worry way too much what other people think of us. We tend to overgive because we're, we're trying to earn approval from everybody. So we give and give and give. We struggle with boundaries. We can't say no because we're more concerned with people liking us than we are protecting ourselves. So we can really be too selfless. I always hear people say, I'm just too nice right? So I can't say no to anybody because I'm just so nice. Well, that's true. You're nice. But really this is a fear-driven issue because you're afraid if you said no, you'll be rejected. And fear of failure dominant people hate criticism and judgment or any kind of negative feedback that you're not enough because it's just a dagger to our heart when we're already so afraid we're not good enough. So we can kind of be hurt or crushed easy. We're a little more sensitive, especially to feel insulted. And I sometimes say we're wearing these fear of failure glasses, which means everything I see in the world, everything I hear people say to me, if it could possibly be interpreted to mean that they don't like me or I'm not good enough, that is how I'll see it. Because just these glasses lead you to see everything that way that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think a lot of people jump to their own defense, right? It gets you to be very defensive very quickly when you have this fear of not being good enough.
0: Yeah, especially defensive when we feel judged or criticized. Oh, yes. If if somebody gives me negative feedback, oh, yeah. It's so insulting, even if they're trying to help you. (laughs) Fear failure, dominant people also can be kind of codependent, Sarah. Like mm-hmm. we need everybody to be happy around us for us to feel safe in the world. So we go overboard, making sure everybody else is happy. And what that requires is sacrificing what you need over and over and over, which ends up not being very sustainable. Mm-hmm. You end up empty and have nothing left to give.
1: So like you can control other people's emotions, right? You're going to make other people happy by what you do and how you act right that's that's crazy it's not
0: logical it doesn't work (laughs) fear never is logical
1: it doesn't make
0: sense to feel like truth to us especially in our subconscious programming and i find a lot of us even from a little child we can remember trying so hard to earn approval to get the kind of love that we need and oh, absolutely. we're like needy for validation. Somebody tell me that I'm okay, that I'm doing all right. But that neediness, I think it makes, can make people lose respect for us.
1: Right. Right. Cause they can
0: kind of sense the fear in play and they see you as weak. So you're really loving and nice, but you're kind of weak and you're kind of a doormat or you could be. Now I'm explaining at the extreme. We talked last show about how all of us function in a balanced state or an unbalanced state. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because a fear of failure dominant person in a balanced state isn't that needy, isn't that insecure. We get more balanced, right? Those things aren't coming out at the extreme. But when we get triggered, this is what you'll see.
1: Right. I think we all need a little bit of validation and a little bit of kudos and a little bit of pat on the back every now and then. And we're not saying that you're you don't, you should never need that. And you should always be able to just stand on your own and be strong. And, you know, we're not saying that, right? No, we're not. Cause you're going to be human. And, and let me
0: also just say again, everybody has this fear to some degree,
1: your fear of loss dominant, but do you recognize that you still kind of do battle with fear of failure too? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's in all those people that matter the most to me, right? It's my husband, my children, my family, Those are the people that trigger me the greatest. Those are the ones I automatically feel defensive, insulted right away. So I can definitely recognize some fear of failure in myself.
0: Yeah, right, is it true? The the people closest to us can hurt us the most because we care more what they think.
1: Oh boy, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's what fear of failure dominance kind of looks like. Let's talk about what fear of loss dominance looks like. And fear of loss for a lot of people, it's a little hard to get their head around what we're talking about. Think about all the things in the world that you can lose. So, we fear losing people, we really fear losing money, uh, losing reputation or respect of other people, but it also can sometimes be about control. So, if I'm stuck in traffic and I'm freaking out because I'm gonna be late for this appointment. You're, you're having a loss experience because the universe isn't giving you what you wanted in that moment. And there's a million times a day that you're stressed because things aren't right. It isn't how you want life to look or feel in this moment. And that's all of that is a fear of loss issue. So it covers the gamut of almost everything you worry and stress about other than insecurity about
1: yourself personally. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think this one's a little bit more tricky. I don't, I'm not sure this one is as quick to understand as the fear of failure. I think everyone feels fear of failure, but fear of loss. I think everyone's familiar with having a fear of loss in their relationships and in their families, of course, but understanding that some of your frustrations when maybe you're in a meeting and someone doesn't love your ideas and um, your opinion isn't being valued, to see that as a fear of loss is a little bit tricky.
0: So you just gotta
1: think anytime that you're not happy with what's going on
0: in this moment, you're having a loss experience. Now, let me tell you some of the bad behaviors that we see come up if you're unbalanced in fear of loss, because this will help you recognize if you in a bad state are controlling, can be a little bit bossy because you need things to be the way you need them to be to feel safe. So controlling things, more opinionated. Often fear of loss dominant people have very strong opinions. They also stress a lot, have a lot of worries about all the things that go wrong. They kind of don't feel safe in the world, though they often are more confident than fear of failure dominant people. But they tend to have... Glasses,
1: I would call mistreatment glasses on. Or maybe they just hide their fear a little better. They're not necessarily more confident. (laughs) They just hide it a little better.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But these mistreatment goggles mean that you see the world in terms of what's not right and in what way could I be taken from or mistreated. So they're quick to get defensive too because anything they see that's not right they'll immediately be bothered with it. So they often correct other people a lot. My, I have a daughter that's fear of loss dominant and she's constantly telling me, mom, you should have done it this way. Mom, don't do that. Do it this way. And all I hear is criticism and criticism. And to her, that's not criticism. She's trying to help me. Oh boy. She's trying to help, but she just gives a lot of unsolicited advice that things need to be this way. And she owns this, by the way, even if she heard the show, she wouldn't be bothered because she knows she just gets worried when things feel unsafe or out of control. And she often struggles to trust other people because they won't do things right the way she wants it done.
1: Can you be like that at all? Oh, I'm just thinking about how um, when I'm wearing my mistreatment glasses, how I really start to feel. And then that does bring out the, the unbalanced state where I look at other people and their choices and what they're doing. And I think, wow, I really should let them know that if they would just do it the other way, things would be better for them. Right. <laughs> so I can definitely see that in myself.
0: I know, and you're just trying to help. The problem is that the fear of failure dominant people just heard criticism. Oh, man. And so that's such a trigger. (laughs) But you guys, you're strong people. You're often good at saying no and having boundaries and taking care of yourself. You're more strong about speaking your truth and protecting yourself and your time and that kind of thing. And I don't think you care as much about what others think of you as a fear of failure, dominant person, you still care. But like you said, maybe just about your family, maybe it's just not as, as big of a thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's true. I mean, I can see that in myself and just my day to day. I'm totally good to, you know, walk out of the house and not feel totally put together as long as I'm going to make it to my, whatever is important to me on time. Yeah. I can definitely see how my fear of loss is a little bit more dominant for me than my fear of failure for sure
0: yeah so let me ask you this I, I kind of have this theory that fear of lost dominant people are the way they see the world they notice what's wrong first they kind of and I don't want to say negative because they just see what needs to be fixed or changed it, it's about making everything
1: right yeah And that can be like, that can be a super great thing, right? So for me, I look around the world, I am a super passionate environmental activist, I would say. I think, you know, I try not to drink out of a plastic water bottle, blah, blah, blah. But everywhere I look, I see a problem, a problem with what I'm passionate about and how it's broken. And not only that, but then I get this drive sometimes to fix it. So that can be good, but it could really offend some people too, if they weren't looking to be fixed.
0: (laughs) Right. And fear of failure dominant people are kind of the opposite where you can be too easy going and we just want everybody to be happy, so we're not gonna rock the boat, hey, drink out of your plastic water bottle, whatever, as long as you're happy with me, and we're good. <laughs> do whatever you want, because I just want your approval, I don't care really what you do, if it's not right.
1: Man, I can't believe how like eye-opening that is, really, seriously, because it, the fear of loss, people are like, I don't understand why you won't fix this, and they're just like, it's all good.
0: Isn't it funny? Once you get this, you guys, you'll be hitting with your best friends and you'll be like, oh yeah, okay, that's why we're... she's different from me on this. This, is... this totally makes sense now.
1: I you... told, we, told them, we told them it was going to rock their world, that they were just going to blow their mind and we're getting there.
0: Okay, so I want everybody listening to the
1: show today to kind of just make a note, which one do you think is
0: more <laughs> you? And again, you have both. But one will be just a little bit more you than the other. And maybe you're already thinking of friends or family that you can totally tell are one of these or the other.
1: I think it's easier to look at your friends and family first and be like, wow, are they fear of loss or fear of failure dominant than it is to look at yourself? Because I certainly was in denial about being a fear of loss dominant person. I was like, I'm not like that. I'm not opinionated. I'm not, I don't give unsolicited advice. And then about two weeks later, I was like, oh, I do. Totally do in an unbalanced state.
0: Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I bet there's people listening who are saying, I don't do any of these and maybe we need to step back and be open to just kind of watching ourselves this week and see if we can see any of it showing up.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So another thing I wanted to talk about today, if there's only two types of people in the world, then there's only three types of relationships in the world. Let me explain. There's, Fear of failure and fear of loss, dominant relationships where you have one of each. There's fear of failure, fear of failure, and dominant relationships where you're both in failure or you're both in loss. So those are the three. And I want to talk today about what each of these three look like, just so you can kind of step back and go, oh yeah, that's the one I'm in. And I get now what the challenges with that are. So I'm going to start with the fear of failure and fear of lost dominance. So one of each. And Sarah, I notice a lot of marriages, a lot of relationships are this dynamic. And I always wonder if if it's the opposite attracts thing. If we're kind of likely to pick the opposite, but then it's going to drive you crazy for the rest of your life.
1: (laughs) Or teach you something. One of the two.
0: It's probably going to do both. It's definitely going to teach you something, but it's also, they're going to push your buttons. So I want you to kind of understand what the dynamic can look like. And I almost explained it already with my daughter, because she's so worried about things being right that she's always correcting me and telling me how I should have done things, which badly triggers my fear of not being good enough. And I feel picked on and, and criticized. And so you know when when your core fear gets triggered your worst behavior is going to show up. Ooh. Now for each of the 12 shapes what that unbalanced behavior is is a little bit different. Say that again, when your core fear gets triggered. You're going to be in an unbalanced state. Okay. Okay, but each shape has different bad behavior that shows up when you're unbalanced. Okay? So I know me as an arrow when my fear of failure is triggered, I pull back, I run. I, I, I don't want to be anywhere near that person because they are not safe. I don't want to spend time with them. I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to be a workaholic. I'm going to throw
1: myself into tasks and work. Oh, you're going to go back and try to earn your way in.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm going to try to
1: earn a sense of value. So.
0: But the pull back is what I want, I want you to notice. If I pull back out of the relationship because you're not safe, because you're fear of loss dominant, you're always criticizing me and controlling me, which arrows are also really independent. So if I feel controlled and criticized, I'm out. But when I pull back, that triggers more fear of loss in the other person. So what's your bad behavior when your fear of loss gets triggered? What's your worst
1: Yes, when my fear of loss gets triggered, I, I think I've said on the last episode, I go into victim mode. I feel very overwhelmed. My anxiety kicks in, and then I just, I just kind of want to crawl under the covers, and I, I don't want to do anything. I just, it's kind of hide mode, overwhelmed. It's not fair. Life's not fair to me. I'm not getting what I need. I think I get a little bit crabby, I'm sure. That sounds like a pretty selfish place too yeah oh for sure I'm not getting what I need boy that is that is a harsh reality that's very true
0: so if you're not getting what you need do
1: you think you would be even more critical oh absolutely absolutely and then that just triggers more in the um, fear of failure people that I'm living with right so it's this vicious cycle
0: you got it that's exactly what happens you guys is it becomes this vicious cycle because the bad behavior that shows up in you when you're unbalanced is going to be the perfect trigger for them
1: oh. both ways. So how do we, what's, what's the deal? How do we stop the cycle? How do we move forward?
0: Okay. So the big benefit of the whole 12 shaped system is you're going to know what their trigger is, which fear is dominant. So you know exactly what triggers them. You're also going to know exactly what they need to get balanced again. And if you're aware of that, you can actually start to become the cure to their core fear, not the cause of it. So if you know that I'm fear of failure dominant, what, what do you know I need to keep me balanced?
1: Oh man, I'm just going to give you all kinds of accolades and like totally just tell you how great you are and you're doing wonderful things. And thank you, maybe a lot of gratitude for you for everything that you do because you do so much, all those tasks that you get done. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, Sarah, if you gave me all that, you'd have me eating out of your hand. Like (laughs) I would want to be around you all the time (laughs) and I would just love you and I'd want to make you happy and do things for you because you just nailed what I need.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: So if you're in fear of loss trigger, you've gone to victim place, you're feeling overwhelmed, life sucks, what do you need?
1: I think I want someone to approach me with why they think what I believe in is important as well. So I want them to to it's still a, a place of validation I think a little bit but you know I don't need it for my personal validation it's more of like what I'm what's important to me I want that to be important to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and your ideas and opinions I think too. Yes, absolutely that you're it's right. What, I'm spending my time on that and it's important to me. I need you to see that or maybe even spend a little bit of your time on it. Make it important to you because it's important to me. <laughs> right. I love some, that.
0: Some fear of loss, dominant people, when they get controlling, they need the house to be perfect. Or they, they'll have different things that they want to control. So if I helped you to make sure everything you were worried about got done. Oh
1: man, you nailed it.
0: Work,
1: yes, <laughs> Absolutely. That is exactly what happens. I try to be not let it dominate me, but then and I do all the other things that are important to me. And then when my house is a mess and things start to fall apart, my fear creeps in and it's like, all right, everybody, everybody on task. We get this done. And my family's like, what's happening? Why are we here? So, really, I'm letting
0: you be in control. I'm validating your opinions and I'm helping you make the world safe and right to have it the way that you need it. And a lot of that is kind of reassurance that it's all going to be good. Don't worry. We're going to get it
1: all done. Oh, the look on your face. I, wish oh, you- <laughs> I, love it. I love it. It's so accurate. I can't even believe how accurate it is. I, now I'm going to be eating out of your hand. I'm going to be like, what can I do for you? Do you want me to make, make your coffee, take you out to lunch? What can I do for you? Because you are validating me. I feel wonderful. Right? It, you guys, it's
0: actually so easy to make a relationship work when you get their fear and you get what they need. And you just keep making sure every day that their fear is kept in check because you're giving them what they need. And Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a big job, though, and you can't keep their fear in check if you're not balanced, right? Yes, and, and let me also say, though, Sarah, you can't
0: really be responsible for whether they're in fear or not. That It's out of your control, but there are things you can say and do that make okay. it easier for them to feel safe in the world, but that I still so. want to leave the responsibility on, on each of us for staying balanced. It's your job to make sure you're balanced.
1: It's my job to make sure I'm balanced. But it doesn't hurt to get a little help from your, whoever you're interacting with. Yeah. Big time. So, and this, I can see this as we're talking, I can see this not only in my personal relationships, but also sometimes in my, my coworkers. Quite a bit. I can see when my coworkers get triggered into their fear. I I watch their reactions and I got, ooh, I just triggered a fear, I think, because of the way they're reacting to me, which is out of their normal reactions to how we interact day to day. So it's become very obvious to me when people are triggered.
0: Is it becoming more and more obvious
1: to you which fear is their dominant fear as you get to know them? Oh, I don't think I've gotten to that point yet, but... You know, doing these kinds of discussions about it will definitely help me recognize those things.
0: So just kind of keep in mind more people pleaser or a little more control freak. Okay. Those are the easy
1: ones. That's the summary.
0: Yeah. Simplify it that much and see if you can tell. Okay. So let's talk about fear of loss dominant on both sides of the relationship because that's actually your marriage, isn't it? You're both fear of loss dominant. We are. Okay, so I'm going to throw some things out. You're going to have to tell us if it's accurate. Okay. Okay, so the problem with both people being fear of loss dominant is both are kind of opinionated and have strong views on things. Both kind of need control to feel safe in the world. So in order for the relationship to work, you've got to kind of divide and conquer. You've got to let him or her be in charge of certain things that you're going to let them be totally in control over. And then there's certain things that are going to be yours. You're going to have to kind of choose your battles more carefully and really learn to compromise and understand that you you both need that same thing. So hopefully in each moment, one of you can give it up to the other when they need it, which is why I want you to choose your
1: battles carefully. What do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. And it's been definitely a, a change and a shift in our marriage and the way that we approach each other because we know this now. We know how to, I think more of how to validate each other a little better. We kind of started there, but this will help even more understanding that we're both fear of loss dominant. We really haven't delved into that, but it's accurate. We do. We have to pick our battles.
0: Now the cool thing about a relationship with the two of you is you guys would kick butt at anything you take on. Cause you, you both just are full in and you get stuff done and you actually, in that way would be really kick butt couple. You'll be moving and shaking things.
1: That's so fun. How, and how amazing does that feel? Like just that, the potential of that feels great. feels amazing. Really cool relationships. As long as both people are a little bit
0: flexible and can give up control on some things and let the other, other person have them. And that takes practice, I'm sure. It totally does. Okay, so our last type of relationship is two fear of failure-dominant people together. Now, the good thing about these is there's not a lot of conflict because you're both people pleasers. Oh, boy. Both tend to kind of overgive. The problem starts to be when someone gets needy. If they get unbalanced and they get needy, the other one may get triggered and be also needy. And so I hear from both people, I'm not getting what I need. I need validation and they're not giving me any. And they're saying the exact same thing because both of you, the fear puts you in a selfish, needy place where you have nothing to
1: give because your bucket's empty. And two empty buckets, no one's giving anything. No, you're only focused on yourself, I think, when your bucket is empty. Yeah.
0: So we've got to be really, really aware that our partner needs that validation, even on days when you feel like you need it too and aren't getting it, to be able to set that aside and really show up and fill their bucket anyway is what you want to do, knowing that you'll get what you give.
1: Yeah. So when these guys start to, let's say one of them decides in this relationship, okay, I recognize we're both fear failure dominant and I'm going to start filling up my other person's bucket. What, what starts to happen?
0: Well, the more validated they feel, the more balanced they become. And in that balanced state, they're less needy and then they have something to give you back.
1: Okay. So they both start to move into a more balanced place and that uh, it stops the cycle. Yeah.
0: Now, the other thing that you kind of want to watch for is that both are so nice and self-sacrificing all the time to the other that people aren't really truly speaking their truth either. Their conversation is... I'm going to say what will please you so that I get your approval. I'm not going to speak my truth. Mm. And, and often it's kind of what I call nice guy syndrome. You're so nice. You're so nice. You're so nice. And then finally you just explode all over everybody because you have not been being honest about how you really felt. Right. We have that to watch be for that kind of thing.
1: Well, you know what, Kim, I just cannot wait to get into more of the shape. Because as we're talking along here, I'm thinking of people that I know and and relationships that I'm familiar with. And uh, when we talk about giving that validation back and we start understanding the shapes a little bit, we understand what form of validation to give back to them. And then we really start to blow people's minds.
0: Yes. We're just hitting the tip of the iceberg, aren't we right now? We are. Okay. So one other thing on this show, I just want to clarify you need to know which your core fear is because that is your number one job is keeping yourself balanced and out of fear, where you can be your best, where you can show up with love and really focus on others and not just yourself. So I want to make sure everybody still remembers how we get out of your core fear. So we're going to start with fear of loss dominant you, Sarah. Okay. Okay. Okay, your number one job is to stay balanced the way you're going to stay balanced is by trusting that there's order in the universe and that everything is perfect what it needs to be for to be your perfect classroom, even though it's not always going to be perfect. It's providing the perfect classroom for you. And this is going to require you to let go of control and trust the universe that it knows what it's doing. Now, I know that prob- that's probably hard, and the look on your face,
1: you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's super, that's great in theory. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen, but, but I get the choice to choose now. It's not just always focusing on that it's not right and that I need to fix it. It's like, okay, can I take a breath and respond and say, okay, I'm just going to trust that this is where everything is supposed to be, and this is my journey. Yeah,
0: but it's not easy. I know. It's not easy, but... It works. And keep in mind, the only moment that you have any power over to choose your mindset is this one right now in this moment. So we just need to every minute that you're conscious, you choose it. You choose trust that everything is okay. And trust is kind of like a muscle and most of us. Ours is a little out of shape. So we just need practice to get it going again. Okay. So that's how our fear Loss dominant people are going to pull out fear of failure. Dominant people who find themselves triggered need to trust that all human beings have the same value and it cannot change no matter what. So you can't fail. You actually can't be not enough. And even if you don't get someone's approval and these people criticize or don't like you, you still have the same value as every other human being. And you've got to start letting trusting in that take the fear out of any criticism
1: or failure. Oh, I love that. I do think it's so true.
0: So we're going to talk a lot about that on the show over and over, Sarah. We're going to give you tools and skills and ideas for staying balanced. It's going to be a process to get there. But I think the more that you listen to these kind of shows, the easier it's
1: going to get. Absolutely. Kim, I can't thank you enough for um, being here today and sharing your knowledge with all of us. And I really want to thank everybody for listening today. And I really hope you got some insights that could help you improve your relationships. Because here on Explain People, once you know better, then you can do better.